What's up, everyone? Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, Primetime brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the right of the week in a few moments here on the show. Tonight, we will be talking some free agency, not the initial wave of free agency. Obviously, we are already, what is it tonight? Uh, it's the 8th of May. So we're talking about a completely post-draft wave of free agents. And that's what we'll discuss, some bargain season free agents, if you will. By the way, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to every mother that's listening to the show. And if you if you know there's a mother in your family, make sure that you congratulate her, of course. Someone asked if we celebrated, I don't remember who it was, uh, if we celebrated Mother's Day in Mexico. We do, but a quick fun fact, uh, for us, it's always the 10th of May. So it's not necessarily on a Sunday. And without fail, without fail, I get faked out when I'm watching baseball or some other unrelated sport and someone mentions Mother's Day on even on social media. And I think to myself, damn, I forgot to get something uh, for my mother or to congratulate her. And then I remember, oh, wait, it's until the, the 10th of May for us. But anyways, welcome to the show. Make sure that you hit the like button. Share the stream if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Let's talk some free agency, shall we? What is up, Russell, over at Facebook? Thank you for your comment. My question to open up the show is, let's talk a little bit about the linebackers for the Cowboys. Because if we're going to talk free agency for Dallas after the NFL draft, we need to discuss linebackers. Uh, we've said this time and time again over the last week here on primetime. This is one of the thinnest positions for Dallas on their roster. Because even though you like Michael Parsons, you kind of hesitate to be comfortable with the room because you also want Parsons to be rushing the passer. So the initial question for you guys is, On a scale from 1 to 10, how would you grade the Cowboys linebacker room at the moment? Kenneth Fraser says, I've been saying this for about a month now. I agree. Hey, listen, Kenneth, we are all a little bit concerned about the linebacker room. The thing is, I, I believe we all thought that maybe the Cowboys can get some options in the NFL draft at the position, right? Wasn't the case. The board didn't fall that away. So let me know your, your comments, your grade for the linebacker room from one to 10 before I give you mine. And while you give me your answers, let me talk to you about our friends over at freemanmazda.net because the ride of the week is the new 2022 Mazda CX-30. Let's talk about this one because it's a special one. It starts at $29,515. Of course, it's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, game-changing features if you like to drive around, uh, listening to your phone, watching Google Maps, 
Uh, MLB at bat, for example, is one of my favorite features from Apple CarPlay. The Mazda CX-30 also has adaptive cruise control, game changer as well, all-wheel drive, rain-sensing wipers, and the very, very useful Wi-Fi hotspot. Make sure that you check out the Mazda CX-30 over at freemanmazda.net. Again, that is freemanmazda.net. So, some of your answers. Let's see how you how you guys grade the room. Lumen goes with an 8.57. You got to always love uh, how accurate Lumen is. Four for Toxic Tom. Seven, says Michael, but potentially a 10 if Cox comes back strong. Jeremy goes with an eight. Gregory goes with a seven. Asmodeus goes with a six. Craig with a low three. Samuel Rowe goes with the eight. So my answer will be basically what Nicholas just pointed out on Facebook. because I, and, and this is ex, my exact note. If I go into my show notes, you could see that, hey, I have my six, and then I have like a parenthesis, 75% of that answer is Michael Parsons. So basically, we're on the same page there. To me, from one to 10, we're talking about a six there because of Michael Parsons mainly but also you want him to be rushing the passer. And I'm not in love with the depth at the position. And as such, what we want to do tonight is check out some linebacker free agent options for the Cowboys. And let me start you guys off with Joe Schobert from the Pittsburgh Steelers, also played with the Jacksonville Jaguars and at first with the Cleveland Browns. Schobert is a player that has bounced around the league. He has been on four teams over the past four years already. So it's kind of a weird journey for the veteran linebacker. But he has started 80 games. And in the last five seasons, he's got at least 100 tackles. Now, do not get me wrong. I know that tackles are not the most trustworthy indicator of performance when we're discussing linebackers. However, if you tell me that you've been on the field over the last five seasons enough for you to get 100 tackles at least each of those seasons and you have started 80 games in the NFL, then you're decent at this job. And you can do this at a very high level even if you're not in the Pro Bowl conversation or in the All-Pro conversation. And keep this in mind, the Cowboys do not necessarily need a starter. They just need someone to provide some depth at the position. Because if you're talking about Parsons, Gabriel Cox, and Leighton Vanderich, that's all good and well. But then you start getting into the Luke Gifford zone. And as optimistic as we are as Cowboys fans, Gifford has virtually no experience on defense throughout his career. And it's not like he's the youngest of players for the Cowboys that you're hoping they're going to develop. He's been around a while, and he's been playing special teams mostly. Joe Schobert signed for $10.75 million per year the last time that he signed a multi-year deal. The Steelers get rid of him after they land Miles Jack. And I'm guessing that at this point of the year, you could get Schobert at maybe a 50% discount, more or less. Maybe you can get him for even under $5 million. He's an athletic linebacker, maybe an inconsistent tackler. But give me Joe Chobert if the Cowboys want to build up the linebacker room. 
Craig shares a point that we have said also here on, on primetime, and I agree with him. Jabril Cox has basically zero experience. So as we, we can take a look at Jabril Cox and say, you know what, he's going to be great. The Cowboys got him in the fourth round. He was a steal, but he's he hasn't played basically in the NFL. And more than anything, he's coming off from an ACL injury. So enough question marks for, for Jabril Cox, in my opinion. Anthony Hitchens is Russell. Two out there. Hey, Anthony Hitchens. Mo, big question, says Toxic Tom. Are you okay with Leighton Vanderich starting? I am. Well, depends on, on how you define okay. Am I super excited? About LVE being your starter at linebacker? Maybe not. But do I think he can provide maybe some decent value for the contract that he has and be an average, inconsistent starter? Yeah, I would say so. But I wouldn't look at that uh, depth chart and say, oh, we are definitely uh, good there at linebacker. Davon says, uh, Luke gets no love. He is a hidden dog. But you're still projecting, right? And, and that's my concern with it. I'm also excited about Gifford most of the time. Like I watch him and we watch him in the preseason and we get excited about Luke Gifford. But at the end of the day, we don't know because we have basically not seen him in the regular season. We have not seen him in actual NFL regular season action. So that's my concern. And with Banderich, you know that you can get him on any given night, he can look like his 2018 self, and then he can be super inconsistent. Even within the same game, you can get a very strong performance from the Wolf in the first half, only to see it fall apart in the second half. As Nicholas is pointing out, he did play pretty well over the second half of the 2021 season. And you're getting him at a very low risk at a very low risk price shout out to the prince <laughs> that is just having fun in the comment section <laughs> he likes the content so much that he decided to engage and support the the facebook stream shout out to the prince we appreciate the love uh i love we have a comment here on youtube he says mo you better get that agree and upgrade it proud of you says oh thank you Thank you. Mo, what is the list of free agents at linebackers? Is Gregory? We can get to that in a second. Before we do that, someone already mentioned this guy. But the second linebacker that I would have my eyes on would be Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr, an obvious George Edwards connection there. An assistant with the Dallas Cowboys, formerly with the Minnesota Vikings. There are some health concerns. However, he's played... 13 games over the past two years. 11 of those, however, came in 2021. He only played two of them in 2020. He's a guy that started his career in 2014. And since, since then, he's only had uh, two 16-game seasons. So you know that durability is an issue for Anthony Barr. Now, Barr is a little bit more of a versatile linebacker. He's not this traditional off-ball backer that will have the run fits and all of that. He also has a very consistent role in, in, in the pass rush department. So you know that 
this would be a, one of those low risk, high reward bets that a Cowboys like to make. Kind of look for the guy that no one is signing because he has durability concerns. But if we can get 10 games out of him, if the Cowboys can get some depth at a low price, because maybe you're not going to sign Anthony Barr for a lot of money. If you're Dallas Cowboys, you're looking for a cheap one-year prove-it kind of deal for Anthony Barr. Then this could be a steal for the Cowboys, in my opinion. The athleticism is there. And every time that he's been healthy, Anthony Barr has produced. I don't know exactly where the Cowboys would use him, though. Because people have pointed out that he is more of a pass rushing kind of linebacker. Mike Fisher even reported on Sports Illustrated. He pointed out that the Cowboys, when he was in the draft, they looked at him as a pass rusher. Maybe even similar to the Mike Parsons process. But he can figure that out later. You can get the depth at linebacker now and then trust Dan Queen that he will get the roles down for each of these linebackers. I would love Anthony Barr. Mike Jones says, Barr is in my top three free agent linebackers, but Barr tries to get paid. Someone mentioned Anthony Hitchens because someone was asking for the linebacker free agents list. It's not long. I'm, I'm trying to think of more. I don't think that I look at Melvin Ingram as a linebacker. I look at him as a pass rusher. And I would think that the Cowboys are comfortable already at edge. I don't think that they're going to be looking for edge rushing free agents. You can never have enough of those, but I would be surprised if the Cowboys target one of them. Mike Rizzo says, why don't the Cowboys go after Jitavon Clowney? And I think this is not happening at all. I think it's because of the price tag. I don't know what Clowney will go for, but the fact that the Cowboys targeted Sam Williams so heavily and drafted him with the 56th overall pick would tell me that Clowney is off the table. The Cowboys maybe don't want to open up the wallet for, for Jadevon. And I'm looking forward to watching where Clowney ends up in because he had a pretty decent season with the Cleveland Browns. And I think that Clowney effect, the Clowney effect has been so weird in his career. He's clearly not the guy that NFL fans wanted him to be when he was drafted with the first overall pick in 2014. He has not been that guy. And Michael even says it in the YouTube chat. He has been a bust anyway. He has been a bust based on the draft expectations that we had for him. But that's where the clowny effect that I'm talking about comes into the conversation. He has not been bad. He has not been a bad NFL player. He's been a decent starter in this league. Maybe even a very good starter. But the fact that he has not grown into this Bosa kind of player or what kind of player or Miles Garrett kind of player has turned the NFL fan base against him. But make no mistake about it. Clowney is still a very high caliber edge rusher, edge rusher in the league. Even if based on his expectations... In 2014, he has been maybe a little bit of a bust. Uh, him and D-Law have similar numbers, says Jeremy. I I'm sure that if that, hey, that was the issue, although Jeremy is not wrong here, uh, the Cowboys could work, it, could work that out. <laughs> uh, 
Russell says, because Sam Williams. I wonder if the Cowboys didn't get Sam Williams, what would they do? Because they're clearly a little bit concerned about that, right? Dan Quinn says, Joe, who's watching from Italy, Dan Quinn will take Sam Williams and turn him into a beast. That's the idea, at the very least. I'm getting around to the idea of Sam Williams, even if it might have been somewhat of a reach in the second round. I'm getting around to the idea. Brian Baldinger calling him the best player basically at the position. He said no one's better than Sam Williams. Kind of helps. And also the people that have pointed out, including Connor Leapsay from Blogging the Boys, who had an interview with him. And he mentioned the fact that maybe his role was not the most optimal for him in Ole Miss. And his face lit up. And that was fun to watch. Nicholas says, I have a feeling Hutchinson will wind up the same way. I do think it's a little bit different. Maybe, maybe it's just the recency bias winning for me right now. But I think that when Clowney got into the, when Clowney was the first overall pick, the hype around him was very high. The hype around him reached the point in which everyone was talking about the upside and all of that. With Hutchinson, I feel like there's a reason why no one called the Jaguars for the number one overall pick. There were no trade offers for Jacksonville because it was a bad draft to have the number one pick. So maybe Nicholas is right, but hey, there's not, not a very better explanation for this than, on, than the fact that Hutchinson didn't end up the number one overall pick. He is not the best pass rusher, not even close, is Craig. Uh, I got lost there. I don't know if he was talking about Clowney or, or Hutchinson or something like that. Marvin Jones says, Clowney is not a bust and has had an injury-plagued career. He's a disruptive player and a great run defender. I don't disagree with him being a disruptive player and a great run defender and even you know a very good, as I said, edge rusher. But I do think that it depends on how you define bust. But if you factor in the pre-draft expect or after draft, the post-draft expectations for him, people basically expected him to be like this Miles Garrett caliber prospect. When Garrett went in the NFL draft, people compared the hype to Jadavon Clowney's. So when I say that he's a bust, don't uh, maybe we disagree with the term that we're using, but don't think that I'm saying that he's not a good player because I believe he's a very, very good player. And I actually believe that the reason the Cowboys are not interested in him is a price tag that comes with him. He has been productive to Samuel. I take him over Randy Gregory. Moving on to some free agents that the Cowboys could target real, a little bit more realistically, though. We've already mentioned two linebackers, Joe Schobert and Anthony Barr. I wonder if the Cowboys look at any point for some insurance at cornerback. Dallas has its three starters, and they're likely going to be the same than they were in 2021. Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, and of course, the guy who led the NFL in interceptions, got 11 of them last year, Trayvon Diggs. 
But with Kelvin Joseph, we still don't know. And it's difficult to figure out his status with the team because he's been working out with the Cowboys, even after the police investigation, even after some arrests were made based on that investigation. And even after Kelvin Joseph admitted that he was in the car from which the shots were fired. We don't know what will happen with Kelvin Joseph, but I do wonder if the Cowboys look for some sort of insurance there as they try to figure out if Joseph will remain on the team or not. I think that we can uh, underestimate how the Cowboys feel about Nashawn Wright, how they could potentially feel about De'Ron Bland if they end up develop him into a quality player. Maybe not for 2022, but at least Nashawn Wright. But if the Cowboys want to add some veteran help, how about Joe Hayden? There are not a lot of cornerbacks out there. And I know that Joe Hayden, a lot of people will say, wait a minute, that's not the same guy as before. And I agree with you. This is not the Joe Hayden, the, the Joe Hayden of old. But he's still a very experienced guy. And he's a cornerback that has experience playing man-to-man coverage. He played 11 games. He started 11 games for the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. He had six passes defended in 2021. And since 2019, he's still the 11th cornerback with the most pass defended, passes defended in, in the NFL. And again, with Hayden, you're not looking for an old pro or pro bowler caliber cornerback. You're looking to round up your cornerback room and provide it with some depth, specifically veteran depth that can also provide somewhere, uh, somewhere or another some sort of leadership to the locker room as well. Because honestly, I cannot think of a lot of other cornerbacks that are still available. I think that Jack Rabbit Jenkins uh, is there. Kyle Fuller from the Broncos, but he's a huge question mark. At, at one point, he even got benched by the Broncos, so you don't know what's going on there. And basically, that's uh, Kevin King from the Packers, who was burned consistently. And you could argue that he could use a new team, a new start. But Joe Hayden would feel like the most likely uh, outcome for Joe Hayden, for, for, for the Cowboys, if they target a cornerback. My question for me to you guys is, would you be for or against Joe Hayden? Not the same Joe Hayden as before. Craig says that he's too expensive. I don't know that he would go for a lot of money, though. I don't, I don't even know what he's looking for. I don't know if he would be up to play for even a deal close to the minimum, to be honest. Oh, yeah, stage is right, by the way. I messed up the graphic. I'm not talking about uh, a linebacker role with the Cowboys. I'm talking about the cornerback. I messed up the graphic. Thank you to the stage for pointing that out. Against Stephen White, Craig goes with against. People do not like the idea of Kelvin Joseph. Most of the votes are against. Michael, however, says yes. Let's get him for depth and experience. Toxic Tom says four and cut Joseph. Man, it's tough to know what the Cowboys will do if Joseph is not on this team when the season starts. 
because I feel like we're disrespecting the cornerbacks of the Cowboys a little bit. They ended up uh, as one of the top pass defenses in the league in huge part thanks to the defensive backs. But also you would have to be a little bit concerned if you don't have Kelvin Joseph in terms of the talent aspect of things. Because Anthony Brown was pretty good in 2021. The question is, will he be able to keep that up for a second consecutive season? And by the way, do me a favor, guys, if you're watching and listening to the show on Facebook or on YouTube, do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream. We are here every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. And also shout out to the podcast audience. Before I leave you tonight, before I leave you tonight, let's talk about what was the best thing in sports this weekend. Rather have Kyle Fuller. Do you think so? I don't know. I think that I would prefer Joe Hayden, to be honest. Brown was her best cover. Cornerbacks is correct. He really was. Stephen White says AV is our best corner. Trevon Diggs was pretty good, though. And I think that this lander for Trevon Diggs uh, is kind of unwarranted. But I can live with someone saying that uh, Brown was actually the better cornerback. Jesse says, I just want the season to start to shut the haters up, says Jesse. I agree with that. Russell says, who's our kicker? The better question. Well, on Thursday night, on Thursday night, we put together a way too early projection. And I had the Cowboys going with Jonathan Garibay, the undrafted free agent. Still think that it's way too early, of course. But I think he's the early favorite to win the job versus Chris Nagar. Had a 62-yarder in his college career, so he has the power. But the NFL game is way too different. You guys know that. But I think that Gary Vi, the undrafted free agent, is the starter. Is the early projected starter. So, what was the best thing in sports this weekend? Craig says Kentucky Derby. Hit the exacta. Oh, that's amazing, Craig. Congratulations. That that even applies as a one cool thing. Hey, the Kentucky Derby, I honestly do not follow horse racing a lot. But I was reading that there was like this 93 to 1, 80 to 1 winner in the Kentucky Derby, Rich Strike, who was not even supposed to be on the actual race before another participant had to pull out. So that was pretty cool. And definitely one of the best things in sports this weekend. The Orioles win a game, says Toxic Tom. And of course, this was the mandatory answer. Michael says the map's coming back from a 0-2 hole. The series is tied 2-2. Two two. Chris Paul struggled today with the fouls. And the maps make the most out of it. CJ says the Stars and the maps both won. Davon says Mavs win two. That's definitely the, the most. Oh, Chris, Chris wanted, I, I knew someone was going to mention it. Ah, one of the very worst heartbreaks in sports that I've had to endure recently. Canelo lost to Dimitri Bivol. And you need to give you need to give props to, to Bivol. He he put together a very strong performance. We know that Canelo was going to maybe struggle a little bit at 175. The jab for the jab for Rebol is a very nasty jab. 
and Canelo was aiming for the body in the early rounds. He was trying to target that arm like he did versus Callum Smith maybe a year ago. It sucked. It sucked to watch Canelo lose that away, guys. I'm not going to lie. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I didn't watch the fight live, but I managed because I had a work uh, affair and I had to miss it live. But I managed to make my way uh, to make my way home until midnight and watch the replay without knowing anything about the fight. Toxic Tom says Mo ripped down Canelo's poster when he saw that L. I would never do that, man. I would never do that. I'm still a huge Canelo fan. He's my guy. And I think that in recent sports heartbreaks, you would have, uh, for me, it's the Canelo loss and the Cowboys 49ers loss. <laughs> Those would be the, big, the two biggest heartbreaks in sports that I've suffered anytime uh, in, in recent memory. Formula One in Miami, says Charlene Evans. Had a four goats in attendance. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, David Beckham, and Lewis Hamilton. So yeah, that, that, that sucked. Hey, any UFC fans out there, the Michael Chandler kick to Tony Ferguson, El Kukui, that was definitely one of the very best things in sports. But let me throw out a wild card here in the conversation because you're about to hear some Spanish. Because for me personally, one of the very thing, the best things, one of the very best things in sports is that Mexico's pro American football league is back. And the Caudillos of Chihuahua, which is where I'm from, played a home game for the first time since 2020, since the pandemic started. And it was an absolute honor to be on the mic with the play-by-play -play during this game. So I'm going to play a quick clip for you. It's in Spanish, so don't freak out and watch out for the volume. But I, this was a fun experience, and I love calling games. It's a passion of mine. So here we go. I'm, I'm going to brag a little bit. Let me, let me share this with you because I'm excited about it still. ¿Quieres capitalizar lo más posible? ¿Quieres pelear por ese puesto? Lanza el balón por el centro. Encuentra su hombre, Yuwan Sonic Manigo. Son tres touchdowns para Sonic. So yeah, that was very fun for sure, man. It, it, the game was not even close. It ended 46 to 3. <laughs> so that, that was a little bit uh, of a bummer. I love calling close games as opposed to, to blowouts. But that was fun. And I do love uh, calling games. So that was, to me, one of the best things in sports. Let me see if I missed one of yours. Jesse says, I won the beer pong game on Mother's Day. Uh, thank you guys for your comments. Says, I don't speak Spanish, LOL. I know. I know that many of you don't. Ryan says, I felt the same way when Rocky lost <laughs> the fight, the first fight to Clover Lang in Rocky Tree. I was super down. Come on, Ryan. That's a movie. That's a movie. You're sounding like a Philadelphia fan right now. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you to Gilbert and Michael. Mo, was the Canelo loss the biggest sports heartbreak in your life? Says Toxic Tom. Oh, not even close. One of the biggest. So maybe close. Maybe it was close. Because listen, the Mayweather loss for Canelo, he was 23 years old. And I 
we looked at it as uh, as more of an improvement opportunity rather than a big time loss, which it was. Floyd Mayweather took Canelo to school on that one fight, but it was different, right? It wasn't Canelo in his prime like he is now, and bidding Bivol for a belt at 175 would have been huge for his legacy. I'm thinking about some of my biggest sports heartbreaks right now. I can think of the Des Bryant game, obviously. I'm thinking about the 2016 loss to the Packers in the playoffs. That wouldn't be up there for me. Because since it was Dak's rookie season, I, I didn't expect the Cowboys to make an actual run at the Super Bowl. 2014 was different with the Des Bryant game. So that kind of sucked. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of more sports heartbreaks. Brandon Moreno losing the flyweight world championship to Davison Figueredo. Just recently this happened. The Romo fumble, Chris Graham says. The Romo fumble is definitely up there. I was way too young for that one, though, to be the worst heartbreak in sports for me. For Toxic Tom, he says, the 94 NFC Championship game and the 1997 AL Championship game, Championship Series. Man, there are a lot of sports heartbreaks. CJ says, Rangers back-to-back World Series defeats for me. That, that should be tough. That should be tough. Joe says, I understand a little bit of Spanish because it sounds like Italian. Hey, the other way around. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central, as we do every Sunday through Thursday night. So make sure you check that out. Uh, make sure you hit the like button. By the way, share the stream if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. You can catch Cowboys articles and Mavericks articles over at adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Uh, check out the ride of the vehicle over there. And I will see you tomorrow night. Follow me on Twitter at MAUNFL, M-A-U-N-F-L. See you tomorrow, guys. Thank you.